0: on today's episode of the Digging In Podcast. We talk about Samuel and his mother, Hannah. Yo, 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 what is up everybody from the Digging In family? My name is Finn Foster and thank you joining us for another episode of the Digging In podcast. I hope you guys have been thoroughly enjoying our Lessons From series as I am very much enjoying leading it myself. And as we continue moving forward, we start week four today and we are talking about the 25th prophet so far mentioned in the entire Bible. And we're going to talk a little bit about what a prophet is, why the prophet is important, and how essentially this one prophet sets up the very beginnings of Israel's best days so far. So before we get jumping into uh, Samuel and the book of Samuel, we got to do a couple things first. Go ahead and grab your Bible, your pen, and some paper, and I'm going to open us up in some prayer. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us together, God, to Uh, For giving us the opportunity to fix our eyes on you. Again, I know I pray the same thing every single day, but that is the focus. The central focus for why we do what we do, why we dig into scripture is to learn more about you, is to love you more, but it's ultimately just to fix our eyes on you. In a world that tries to pull us in distractions of every direction, if we are to set aside time just for you and just for our learning about you, then, God, we are doing something that you love, something that you desire, something that you look down on your humans and you delight in. So help us, God, to delight in your word so that way we would really understand who you are and why your stories of old are still important today. God, open our eyes to see what you want us to see, teach us, and help us love you more. We love you so much, God, in your name, amen. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Digging In podcast. Today we are jumping into what might be Currently, anyway, my favorite book of the Bible, and the reason I say that is because we're stepping into the book of Samuel, and that is in the original, the original translations. This is First and Second Samuel all together in one book. The primary reason this is split into two books, just so you can have an interesting fact to tell all your friends at parties, is that uh, the scroll papers weren't really long enough to contain all that was within this entire book of Samuel onto one scroll. So they had to split it into two. There you go, that's really the only reason why this book is split into two. It's purely a matter of length. Uh, If you think about like the book of Isaiah and how long it is, Um, you're looking yourself at something that would have been pretty close if if God had more intended of Isaiah. We might have been looking at first and second Isaiah if it really went any longer. Um, The book of Psalms, 150 Psalms, due to the nature of the Psalms being that they're like these short little stanzas, uh, they can fit more of those onto one piece of scroll paper. But with this being a beautiful narrative and it having full paragraphs, it really only fit onto two. So, we have First and Second Samuel, also known as the book of Samuel. And this sets the stage for what is the, some of the best times in the history of Israel. And not only that, this actually sets up exactly everything that God has intended for the kingdom of Jesus. And I promise that might sound really weird right now, but we're going to get there. But let's just think about the fact, let's remember the fact that the era right before this is the era of the judges where there were no kings in Israel and everyone did evil in the sight of the Lord. And so the very first words of the book of Samuel, uh, some of the first concepts anyway, uh, are this: is this idea of wanting a leader. Israel wants another leader and they want This guy, Samuel, to help set up a leader to lead Israel. So, before we get into the story of Israel, it's really important that we slow down and look at the first three chapters of this amazing ancient text. So, that's what I want you guys to do today. I want you guys to, right now, take your Bible, open it up to the book of Samuel, and read 1 Samuel 1 through 3, and answer this question What is a prophet? What is a prophet? What do you know about prophets? What do you assume about prophets? Uh, anything that you already have in your head about what a prophet is, go ahead and answer that question and uh, read 1 Samuel 1 through 3 and then you can join us back right on guys. Uh, Wild, huh? Uh, You know, you're you're stepping back into narrative and not only you're stepping back into narrative, you're doing it in a way that brings up again, some genealogy, some understanding of who this person is and how they're related to the rest of the history of Israel. But then you're looking at a really interesting story where God is choosing another person. So we've seen this all throughout the Old Testament so far, God choosing a human being to be part of his active ministry work. We read right there, Um, in those chapters, a whole lot about Samuel. But uh, before we jump in, let's look at that question again. What is a prophet? I'm not sure what you guys wrote down. Maybe you guys just wrote down some examples of some prophets that you know in the Bible. Maybe you threw out Isaiah or Ezekiel or Jeremiah, uh, or maybe you gave a good definition. But what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to give you the definition of what a prophet is in my my view, and then the three main roles or the three main uh, things that really guided the work of the prophet. Okay, so the prophet is first and foremost, the, it refers to one who speaks for another. So the general, just the general Hebrew term, navi, refers to one who speaks for another. We first see this with the idea of Aaron being the one who speaks for Moses and then Moses, the one who speaks for God. And so when it comes to the biblical prophet, the idea of the biblical prophet, we are talking about someone who speaks for God. They receive God's word and they give that word out to all of the people of Israel. So again, there's 24 others before Samuel right here that, that had this role. You may not have read too much about him. You may only have read a few things really about each one, but that's really beside the point because what we're gonna do is dive into why this prophet is super important. But again, before that, let me just really explain to you the three major roles of the prophet. So first and foremost, the prophet was a preacher. They were the ones who took the, specifically the Mosaic law, who understood the Mosaic law, all the rules and regulations, the 613 commands, they understood those things. And so they preached those things, but they also gave understanding for what they meant and why um, they're important. And uh, so that's like their first and foremost rule, but they've got two other rules that are just, they kind of split equal time, which is this idea of being a, predictor also so they're a preacher and now they're a predictor which means that they are going to be predicting some sort of judgment or some sort of deliverance some sort of redemption but also potentially some punishment and they used that information from from the mosaic law to inform them in their predicting but ultimately it was god who gave them the inspiration to say hey i'm going to do this to these people or this is going to happen because of these constant terrible decisions or whatever it was Uh, and then the this, and what also comes with this is that they are conv- they're like convicting and condemning at some level, not really condemning, but they are calling out the junk of Israel. So that comes again with both the preaching and the predicting. They're saying, hey, Israel, you, you've done this and this and this. You've chosen other gods. You've chosen yourself. You, you're doing this, this, and this. And I'm calling out to you to say, if you keep continuing on this path, uh, it's not good for you. So that was, those are two of the main rules of the prophet. And the, the last one is the watchman. They are the watchmen over all people. So they were the ones who basically say, hey, there's a way to avoid judgment, to avoid punishment, to avoid these other nations. uh, And and there's a way to do it. And it's usually the answer was to uh, serve the Lord your God and love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But that was what the role of the prophet was. And so as we look at this story of Samuel, we are being introduced to two prophets here. The first one is Eli and all of his wicked sons, and also, Samuel himself, who becomes Eli's protege and the next prophet of Israel. So now that you know a little bit more about what the prophet is and what the prophet does, I think we can safely jump into the story of Samuel to discover and dig into why he's so important to the history of Israel. Okay, so Samuel one, first Samuel one. We see the the birth story of Samuel, and how fitting. How fitting is it that this story starts off with a miraculous birth? I mean, come on, guys. We've already seen it a couple times, and if you know anything about Jesus, the miraculous birth is very important to this entire story. So what we are looking at here is not just like a miraculous, like the the immaculate conception, right, where no one did anything. And all of a sudden as a baby. know, there's, they were trying. So they were trying to have kids, but, um, Samuel's mother, Hannah could not have kids. She was barren. If you remember the story of Abraham and Sarah, then you probably remember hearing about a barren woman. Um, there's several other stories of the same matter. And one day we have this intense moment of, uh, Hannah basically saying, I'm going to do everything I can to commit myself to God in every possible way. And not only that, but you see in 1 Samuel uh, 1 verse 11, she vowed a vow to the Lord and she said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. So she's saying that if you give me a son, I'm going to make sure that my son is committed to the service of God every single day for the rest of his life. Life And so she then says there's no razor on his head, which is a Nazarene vow. And if you want to read a little bit more about Nazarene vows, uh, you may remember the story of the awful and mighty Samson, not just the mighty Samson, but the awful and mighty Samson. He was a Nazarite, Uh, as well as look into Numbers 6 to read a little bit more about what that vow means. The idea was that no matter what would happen, if God would just give Hannah a son, she would ensure that he would be committed to God forever, to the service of God forever. And so the very first uh, signs here of of Samuel are that his birth was a miracle, but it was started upon in a prayerful commitment to God, a prayerful commitment to God. And that's super important. As we move forward, we uh, we see the story of Eli right there uh, before that. One section ends and Eli gets all mad because he thinks that Hannah is drunk and uh, she's not. She's just weeping and she wants God to show up and sure enough, uh, it ends up happening. So then we we read right there and uh, still in one, we read a little bit further on about uh, this, this miraculous son. And so sure enough, uh, this miraculous son is born and his name is Samuel because his name means I have asked for him from the Lord. So he is the one asked for from God. The one asked for from God is what Samuel means. And so um, keep hold on to that name because you're going to need it for the next episode. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, Hannah asks and then faithfully faithfully commits her unborn son to a life of service to God. God gives that son in a miracle and then uh, is then taken to Eli where she is or where he is now committed to work with Eli to become a prophet, to become the one who receives God's word and gives it out to the people of Israel. Here's a really, really cool thing. Um, this has nothing to do with being a prophet and everything to do with being the mother of a prophet. I want you to look at 1 Samuel 2 and I want you to keep this in your mind forever. I mean, literally forever. This is perhaps one of the most amazing responses thus far in the Bible. And the reason I say that is because something amazing happened and instead of just like a small thank you or being happy, we get an entire song. We get a song that Hannah sings in praise and prays in worship of God, thanking him for his work of giving her Samuel. This song, the way it's written, the language that is used is glorifying God. There is none holy like you, Lord. There's none, none more majestic than you, God. And guys, if you read through Exodus, then you've read some of these words. Turn back to Exodus 15 and remember that right after uh, God led Israel out of Egypt and led them across the Red Sea that all of Israel joined in in the first praise song of the entire Bible. And it was the prayer saying and the praise of God being so majestic and so mighty for rescuing them that none is greater than God. And then turn back to 1 Samuel 2 and look at what Hannah sings and tell me it's not just beautifully one of the most perfect matches to that. I mean, it's just amazing. And so... Then obviously we move past this beautiful, beautiful song and we move into Eli the prophet and his horrible, horrible sons. I'm not gonna go too deep into that, but uh, basically from 1 Samuel 2.12 until 2.21 is quite a bit of, maybe like 2.20 is quite a bit of the, the badness of Eli's sons because then what happens right after that is that Eli rebukes his own sons and then the Lord rejects. Eli's sons, and so this is amazing because this is the humanity, right? This is the evil nature of humanity who was in search of a king, had no king, and you know what? They certainly weren't choosing God as their king, and with all of that, they were doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And so even Eli, a priest, a prophet, was unable to. I mean, un. Able to control his kids because of the amount of evil that they were doing. Because of that, the Lord rejects the house of Eli, so they can no longer be priests and prophets, and none other than his protege, Samuel, steps up. And we get his calling, his the 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 stepping up. Per se, comes in 1 Samuel 3. And it's this crazy story of him like falling asleep and then hearing God, falling asleep and then hearing God. Uh, you should definitely read it. It's, it's super important to the story of Samuel. Um, but really, what I wanted to hit on here is that his origin is, is right there at the end. The, the story of who he really is is right there at the end. Uh, 1 Samuel 3 19 through 21. And Samuel grew. And the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And so not only do we receive this this weird calling story, but then the Lord reveals himself to Samuel just like he did to Moses and Joshua and a few others, I'm sure, if you remember. He reveals himself to them and then they're changed because of it, right? They, They get a new identity. That is what we read about the origins of Samuel. So now I want to kind of hit on why is this important? Well, let's look at the best way to describe sometimes how important something is or the definition of a word even sometimes is to look at the opposite thing. And so if we can look at the opposite thing for a second, let's look at Eli and let's look at his sons. Let's look at the fact that Eli was a priest, a prophet Right, who who was faithful to God, but had his own junk, had his own stuff, just like anyone does. And ultimately his own junk and his own stuff went so far that God could no longer say that this Eli was upholding the office of the prophet with respect, with honor, with a whole bunch of intensity. It, it, it seemed to almost not matter to Eli and his family that he held the office of prophet. And so the best way to describe Samuel is to look at the exact opposite of him in Eli and his sons. Because from a young age, If you remember Hannah and her magnificent prayer and also her magnificent song of praise, you remember that she was completely committed to making sure that Samuel would be committed to God in all ways possible. And so sure enough, the faithful and obedient Samuel, even at a young age, becomes the new prophet over all of Israel. He's young and he still becomes the next prophet because of his faith and obedience to God. And so what we're gonna run into here in just a few brief moments is this idea of Samuel being the start of a beautiful kingdom. And what I mean by that is uh, the next following chapters are gonna be about a different character while still including Samuel into the story. Uh, But Samuel is gonna play a major, major role in our next character's life. And so in order to move forward, we have to learn something from Samuel. And so what I want to offer to you guys is instead of learning just right now from Samuel, Let's learn from his mom, Hannah, for just a brief moment because Samuel, his story continues on here and we're going to learn a lot of really wonderful things from him as we move forward. But first and foremost, his faith and obedience are what speaks the loudest to us right now. So that theme of faith and obedience just keeps repeating itself even on week four. But let's look at his mom for a minute. Let's look at Hannah and let's look what we can learn from her in this moment. So what we see is a woman who wanted so badly to have a son that she just on her knees begging, imploring, urging God, please just give me a son. And if you do it, I promise I will commit him to you. And it happens. And instead of just being like a a false promise or forgetting because she's so excited, she not only commits him to that, but she sings this amazing song. Guys, When was the last time that you looked at something in your life, in your life, and you said, God, thank you, and then you busted out into song? When was the last time that you felt so happy and so thankful for something that God was doing in your life that you fell down on your knees in praise and worship of who he is? Guys, my challenge for you today is to look at your life And look at the potential darkness and the potential pain that's been all around you. See that, acknowledge it, it's real. But then look at the light and the joy and the beauty and the perfection of the things that God is working for your good and for his glory. And once you see them, fall to your knees in praise and worship. Because the God of the universe who created everything, who sustains everything, who's simultaneously running everything all at once, is looking at you in love. That's beautiful. Fall on your knees before him. Give him all the praise and all the worship. And watch as your perspective changes. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Digging In Podcast Lessons From series. Join us next time as we continue diving in to the brightest days in the history of Israel as we open up the pages to Israel's first king, King Saul.